Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give God the glory. Hallelujah. He's King of kings, Lord of lords. Hallelujah. He's worthy of all the glory and all the honor. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I believe you can do better than that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're merciful. You're my King of kings and Lord of lords. You're my Alpha and Omega. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're the first and the last. Beside you, there is no other God. I magnify you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. Amen. Praise God. We do not have to worry about the next generation. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Brother McGurk and all those that minister along with him in that age bracket do a fantastic job. Amen. Amen. They carry the torch well. Amen. God has been so good to me, and I appreciate him for all that he's done in my life. Uh, amen. I know many of you know that uh, my wife and I, we suffered uh, from the uh, COVID virus and uh, <clears throat> The uh, good thing about it was that God had given me peace before uh, all of that occurred. Uh, but two months before uh, we got sick, it was like the Lord was just carrying me through a place where he was, I was just riding upon his wings. I was just walking through life and everything was going well spiritually for me as far as my relationship with God. How I, I felt, I just felt like, hey, this is it. I have arrived. <laughs> Amen. Of course, we know that that's only for a season. <laughs> and then when uh, COVID hit and, and we both got sick, uh, not one time did I think that the Lord would not bring us out of it. Um, you know, I just, he, he had given me that confidence. He had given me that peace of mind that, that it was just going to be a season you know, and even when I ended up in the hospital and my wife ended up in the hospital and I just felt that God had my back. Amen. Amen. You can trust God. You can count on God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. The thing I want is I want God to count on me. I want God to trust me. I want God to know that I... That, that, that I have his back, if you can say that. In other words, I'm going to lift him up. I'm going to magnify him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I hadn't preached in a year <laughs> when they closed down a Pinewood Village. Uh, um, I'd just been texting and sending out uh, messages and lessons to the group because they uh, 
they were at high risk. And uh, we waited patiently for them to uh, get their, their uh, vaccination, and they finally did. And uh, now we're waiting for them to open the facility back up so we can go in and uh, minister again. Um, so it's been a while. <laughs> so it may not be long. Uh, now, in the past, when I said that, I, they sort of laughed at me because <laughs> I went long. But uh, like I said, it's been a year, so amen. Amen. So you may get out early tonight. <laughs> Praise God. But God is good, and we uh, appreciate him and love him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm going to start with uh, James uh, 1 and 5. like to stand and honor the reading of the word of God. James 1 and 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth unto all men liberally and abradeth not. And it shall be given him. But he but let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you today, God, lifting you up and magnifying your holy name. You're my God, you're my Savior, you're my rock, my sword, and my shield, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want everything, Lord, that you have for me, Lord. I want to see your people, Lord, have everything that you have, Lord, for them. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I lose, Lord, in this place tonight, Lord, awareness of your spirit, Lord, and awareness of your presence, Lord, in Jesus' name. I lose, Lord, your kingdom, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. I lose your will to be done, Lord, in the name of Jesus and every individual, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. You may be seated. This is one of the first prayers that I uh, remember praying after seeing it in the word of God. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God and that God would give to him liberally. And that was one thing I knew that I needed. I wanted the wisdom of God so that I could live for God, so that I could do his will. I wanted the wisdom of God so I could understand the word of God. We need the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the things that, that people, you know, uh, talk about when they talk about the senior citizen or someone that's, that had mature, have a mature life that they've lived is that they are wise. Amen. There's some wisdom that has been found in them and it was, it had come through experience. All the things that they've gone through, they learn to trust God or they learn that this situation is not going to pan out the way that they thought it would be. But if they follow their wisdom, 
and learn from their mistakes. Learn from others' mistakes. Hallelujah. Now, that's a, a thing all in itself. When I've heard people say, you know, uh, when I say, you know, you need to learn from other people's, you know, experience or other people's mistake. And I've heard some say, well, you know, I, I want to learn on my own. I want to learn by my own mistake. Bad, bad, bad idea. Hallelujah. <laughs> With me, it's like, you know, hey, well, I don't want to say show me all your faults, but uh, if you can show me something that I can get around and not have to suffer it, not have to go through it. Then that's wisdom that you're sharing with me. That's wisdom that you're giving me. And I, don't want, I won't have to go through those trials and those tribulations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. Hallelujah. He won't withhold it from you. If you ask, if you believe, he's going to give you wisdom, wisdom beyond your years. Hallelujah. That was one of the first prayers I prayed. Hallelujah. But let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith. Turn this fan up for me, please. Praise God. Faith is a thing that we need when we come to God. Whatever we ask of God, we need to have the faith to believe that God is going to do it. Because if we don't have the faith, then we're like a wave that's tossed in the sea. And the Bible said, let that man receive nothing from him. You're not going to receive anything if you're going to to be double-minded, if you're not going to have faith in God. Hallelujah. There are some things that happen in our lives that we know we have faith for. I'm sweating. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm just going to praise God. I'm just going to lay that right there. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. I told you we don't have to worry about the next generation. And praise God. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. For a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. When we begin to pray and ask God and lack faith, we believe that he will do it because he read it in his word. We believe that he's going to answer it and sometimes we, we we watch people and we see them pray and ask God and God give them their answer and so we begin to pray but we don't believe that God is going to answer our prayer God can answer their prayer but he won't answer my prayer hallelujah if we begin to think like that we probably won't get our prayers answered in fact I know we won't get our prayers answered when I first got into church and um, I watched people and there were some things I needed in my life. I needed a decent car. I wanted a, a better place to live. Uh, my income, I wanted it to change. You know what I did? 
I watched other people. And when God began to bless them and they ended up buying a new car, you know what I did? I said, praise God. Praise God. Because I'm next. <laughs> because I'm next. When they got a, when they got a, 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 a house, I said, praise God. Praise God. Because I'm next. When God began to bless people, I realized that he was an answer of prayers. And that God is no respect of person. None at all. If he did it for them, he can do it for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. There isn't anything that God won't do if you believe him for it concerning his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. You can't be double-minded. You can't believe that he'll do it for some, but he won't do it for you. Hallelujah. A double-minded mind is unstable in all of his ways. Amen. The things that God wants to do through us and we believe his word. It's in his word. We believe that the apostles did it. We believe that, you know, the bishop and, the, and pastor and, and other preachers and, and faithful members that have great faith. We believe that God will manifest his power, manifest his spirit. But when it comes to the individuals, when it comes to you and I, do we have that faith? Are we going to hold on to the faith in the word of God that says that God is no respect of person? Do you understand what that says? God is no respect a person. Every, you know, I believe the Bible. If it's in the Bible and God did it, I believe that it still can happen today. Hallelujah. 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 I was in a service at Pinewood and, uh, and, there was, a, there was a lot of people there. They were in wheelchairs and uh, on walkers and canes, and they were stroke uh, victims, and and they were, uh, you know, some amputees. And the Lord spoke to me while I was preaching, and he said, uh, pray for them. And I thought, well, God, everybody here needs prayer. I said, there's a lot of need here. He said, just pray for them. I'm like, Okay, I'll do what you said. And our setup is a little bit different than, you know, the normal uh, church uh, structure. We have tables, and they just sit around a round table, and, you know, as they, you know, uh, feel, you know, that's what they, you know, uh, wherever they want to sit, and that's what they did. And I would walk, you know, around the tables and preach, and, and, and I begin to lay hands on people. I begin to pray for them, and, and I, you know, just begin to speak the word because the word of God is true. Because God said to pray for him, I, I just prayed for him. And I told one guy, I said, look, God is able to take, you know, that stump and, and allow your leg to grow down and, and reach the floor. And I went around and I, I told the person that, you know, had a stroke that, that God could stretch out their arm and they would be restored again. And I went to a man that had a trach in his throat and I said, God can close that thing up and you'll be able to speak without having to press that button. And I went to another man who had a very serious uh, uh, speech impediment where he, he couldn't carry on a conversation unless you had time to stand there and to listen to him to get his words out. A lot of people made fun of him. And because, you know, his, his words would get tangled up. And sometimes he almost sounded like he was, 
you know, howling at, you know, just, but this man, when I prayed for him and I pointed him, I said, God is able to loose your tongue and that you may be able to speak plainly. And I just went on and prayed for everyone. And the next service we had, this man walked in and stood up and said, I would like to testify. (laughs) And that's what happened. Everybody just went berserk because they knew that this guy could not talk clear. And he began to speak and testify of what God had done for him. He said, when I prayed for him, he felt something go in his mouth. And he, and he, he, he just felt it, and he began to talk. He said, when he went to the store, the lady that he, uh, I guess, would go to her counter to check out, she handed him a, a pencil and paper so that he could, you know, communicate with her. And he said, Madam, I thank you for your generosity, but I don't need that anymore. <laughs> The man that had a problem with talking was now talking, and the woman that could talk, her mouth fell open, and she was speechless. <laughs> she couldn't say anything. She was just blown away at what God had done. Amen. And I marvel at that because that's the power of God. You see things like that in the Word of God. And I was thinking, you know, just little old me, you know, okay, God, if you said, I'm going to pray for him. I didn't know what was going to happen, but because I trusted God, because I believed God, because I obeyed God, something happened miraculously. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to trust God. We have to trust God. And his buddy, the guy that had the uh, trach in his throat, and he has to push the button every time he, you know, want to say something. I preach baptism in Jesus' name. That you need to be baptized in the water for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when I preached this to this man, you know, he came to me and said, Brother Gross, I hear what you're saying, but my doctor and my family said no. My doctor said, one teaspoon of water could drown me. And he said, I can't do it. And I just, you know, sort of, you know, nodded my head, said, okay, you know, see what the Lord will do. And, and uh, as time went on, you know, he wanted to get baptized. He gave his testimony of how God had brought him through Struggles and trials and all the, the things that he had gone through, all the cars he had wrecked and, and, and all the fights he had been in. And, and uh, he had, his life was so messed up, he ended up in Crownsville. He said he didn't know who he was. He couldn't talk. And he said God restored him. And he said, you know, if God can do all of that for me, why would I drown when I needed to get baptized in Jesus' name? He got a revelation. If God could bring him through all that other stuff, and then now this was the plan of salvation, why was he going to drown? And so we uh, also, we, we uh, brought him up when he, uh, Brother Middleton came and preached for us that Sunday. 
And he came to me after service and said, I want to do it now and I'm not going to delay. So we brought him up here and we, we got him in a robe and we put him in the water and, and um, we told him to, uh, you know, uh, cover his trait and we wouldn't be long and you'd just be down for a second or two. And we dipped him down in the water, under the water, and brought him back up. And when he came up out of the water, he was sort of flailing and going back and forth like he was trying to catch his breath. And uh, I don't know what was going through everybody else's mind, but I thought, this man is drowning. They're <laughs> 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 like, oh, my God. <laughs> and we were videoing it. And, uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, my wife said, William. Put your finger on the button. And for some reason, we stopped recording. I don't know why. Somebody just stopped recording with the camera. And, and when he put his finger on that button, he was speaking in tongues. Yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God is no respect of person. For a long time, I thought, how, how in the world that God, is God going to fulfill his word in this man's life? How is he going to be baptized? How is he going to receive the Holy Ghost? But God brought him through. Because, there's, because I believe that word, that there's no respect of person. Hallelujah. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You've got to believe. You've got to trust God. You can't think that, wait a minute, you know, because this person doesn't qualify in my mind, in my thinking. It won't work for them because it just doesn't look like Everything lines up. We have to trust God. God has a way. God has a way. Amen. Amen. We have to make up our mind that we believe God, the word of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I have the plan to go to heaven because I believe the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. We we make up our mind. I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing that's going to stop me from going to heaven. Because why? I have a made up mind. (laughs) I have a made up mind. No matter what things look like in my life, no matter what struggles I go through, if you see me and I look like I'm out of it, don't worry. Now, I'm not saying don't pray. (laughs) always need your prayers. I'm just, I'm going through something. You know, it's heavy. It's a burden. It's a trial. But when I say, don't worry, I mean, I'm not going to backslide. I'm not, I'm not going to turn my back on God because I made up my mind. (laughs) I made up my mind. I, no matter what storms that come my way, no matter what temptation come my way, no matter what trials, it doesn't matter. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to make it. Because I've got a made-up mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Made-up mind. (laughs) Uh, I debated whether I wanted to share this prayer that I prayed back at Windsor Avenue. But it sort of fits with uh, this made-up mind that I have. (laughs) When I was young, you know, there was a lot of vanity uh, going on up here in my head. (laughs) And so... uh, I looked at Bishop Wright, uh, uh, he was pastor Wright then, and this was back in the 1979, and I looked at Mother Wright and I thought to myself, you know, when people get old, they get ugly. 
And I prayed. I said, God, don't let my pastor grow old and his wife grow old and ugly. Let them grow old gracefully. <laughs> that, was, that was one of my vain prayers that I prayed, but I, I, I meant it. Let them grow old gracefully. And did not God answer that prayer? <laughs> Amen. Amen. They still have the, the youth. Amen. In their bodies as well as in their spirit. But when I thought about that, when, I, when it came to this message that I'm, I'm sharing with you, I thought about that back in 1979, I was looking forward to their old age, and I was still going to be a member. They still were going to be my pastor. My mind was made up that far into the future, and I'm still here 42 years later. Hallelujah. You've got to have a made-up mind. You've got to decide that this is where I'm going to be. You've got to decide that I'm going to stick with it no matter what come my way. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, I've gone through some trials. Yes, I've had some hard times. But I've never decided that I was going to walk away from this. I'm the kind of person when, you, when, I, find, when I find something that works, I stick with it. I stick with it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Mark 3 and uh, 25 says, And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. If you got a house and you divide it against itself, it won't stand. There's, there's one opinion and then there's another opinion. And the two are fighting against each other, wanting to pull this way and that way. That's having a double mind. And that house will not stand. You take two people and they can't get along and they're marrying and, and, and they decide, all right, we're going to end this with a divorce. And while they're making their preparation, they're deciding, you know, okay, uh, you take the, you know, 32-inch uh, TV and I'll take the 80-inch uh, one. And you take the uh, 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 twin bed and the smaller bedroom and I'll take the master bedroom with the king-size bed and the master bath. And you know. <laughs> They're divided, uh, you know, against each other. And they, they separate all the items that they want to take unto themselves. And then all of a sudden, you hear on the roof, the husband with the chainsaw, he's cutting the house in half because he's dividing the house. <laughs> now, he, that's, you know that that's not going to stand. <laughs> that's not going to work. What I'm trying to say is, you have to have a made-up mind. If you're going to make it through troubles and trials, you have to decide, this is where I'm going to be. This marriage that I'm in, it's going to last forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. When I got married, when I decided to get married, even before I got married, I knew that the woman that I married would be the 
last one. The first and last. I was going to grow old with her. I made up my mind. I made up my mind. Hallelujah, Jesus. Matthew 6 and 22 says, The light of the body is the eye. And if thine eye be single, and thy whole body shall be full of light. The light of the body is the eye. And if our eye is single, if we're focused, if we're looking at that specific thing in our life, our eye or our whole body is full of light. People will see the light that's in our life. Our whole body will be full of light. There was another thing that I uh, noticed when I first got in the church. I looked around at the members that was there, and I noticed something was different about the members. They were just glowing. And I wondered, what was this glow? I thought, you know, what is it? They don't like the sun or something? Nobody, you know, goes out, you know. It's like they're, they're, they're just glowing. What is this? And what I realized was it was the light that was in them. It was the light that was just radiating from them. God had given them a light to light this world. Literally, there was a glow that was in their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then a short time after that, I went to work. And I was feeling just a little bit down. And I, you know, and I was on my lunch break. I was sitting there and uh, with my, one of my coworkers. And in walked one of the teachers. I was working at uh, Southern High. And, uh, and, uh, and I was uh, one of the custodians there. And this teacher knew, uh, knew me and, and this young man who was my coworker. She walked in and she said, Jeff. Because she knew my past. She, she knew the type of person, you know, that I'm, I'm quiet and didn't say a whole lot. And, and, uh, and I felt down. I felt like there was a, a, a cloud over me and it was just gloomness over me. And she walked in and said, Jeff, you need to go to his church. You need to visit his church. Look what God has done for him. Look how he's glowing. <laughs> I went, what? And all of a sudden, I perked up in my seat, and I sat up, and I thought, yeah, I'm glowing. (laughs) (laughs) On my darkest day, there still was light illuminating from my body. There was still light shining in a dark world. That this woman, I couldn't even witness because I felt so, you know, out of it. And so here walks in a, a, a sinner, and she began to witness for me about the light that was in me. Hallelujah. So we need the light to shine in our life. The whole body shall be full. Excuse me. Let me uh, go back up to 23. 
But if thine eye be evil, thine whole body shall be full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? How great is that darkness if our, if our life be evil? You can't serve or you, you uh, can't have a double mind. If you're walking in a way that people will question your walk with God, how, how great is that darkness in you that they see contradiction? When you make up your mind, no matter what comes your way, you're going to face trials. You're going to face you know, a dark time, but they're still going to see the light. Hallelujah. Because they're watching to see how you handle the situation that, that occur in your life. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. Now, there that seems to tell me that when it says no man can serve two masters, you either hate the one and love the other. Or you will cling to the, the one and despise the other. It, it seems to tell me that you, you're gonna be, it's going to be there where you're going to love one and hate the other. You're always going to be in a situation where you're going to be given a choice. You're always going to be in a situation where you're either going to love one or hate the other. You're going to love being a Christian or you're going to hate being a Christian. You can't serve two masters. There will be times that you're going to walk the way of the flesh. And when you're walking the way of the flesh, you're not doing the things of the spirit. You're not being the child of God that you need to be. But when you're being the child of God, you're not fulfilling the things of the flesh. Right now, nobody's drinking a beer. Right now, no one in here is smoking a cigarette or a joint. Right now, nobody's, nobody's in, in this room is sinning. Why? Because you made up your mind that you're going to church and you're going to sit in church and you're going to hear the word of God. This is what you're doing right now. So it's what you do at that any given time you love. So when you wander away and you get off the track, the path, that God has laid out for you and you find yourself walking in the flesh, you're not serving God. Oh, yes, a righteous man may fall seven times, but the thing is he gets back up. When you come to yourself, you have to realize, I need to get back up. I need to get back on track. I can't stay down. I'm not going to stay down. Hallelujah. Can't have a double-minded, double mind. 
Praise God. Matthews 12 and 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. People see your fruit. So you need to make a choice. If you got a made up mind, you're going to make the tree good. But if you don't have a made up mind, you're going to, you're going to be making the, the, the tree good one day and the tree uh, corrupt the next day. And people are watching your fruit. They're watching. When I was in the world... I got caught up in the world. <laughs> I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do drugs. I didn't cuss. But then peer pressure, the guys I hung out with, the crowd that I hung out with, they did all those things. And to be a part of that, I had to become like them. And eventually I started to smoke. Then I began to drink. Then I began to smoke marijuana. And every once in a while, they would have a community dance at the uh, local uh, community center. And various groups would rent that facility and bring in a band. And, uh, and we would go, pay our fee, and we'd go in, we'd dance all night, uh, until about 12. And, uh, and in between, you, you know, if you didn't have your own drinks, you know, you could go back and, and buy beer that was all they allowed, you know, at the community center that you could buy. And so uh, one day I was at this community center where this dance was going on, the band was playing, and, and uh, I wanted to keep myself stimulated. So I went to the back to buy a beer. And... Across the counter, when I slid my money on the counter, across the counter, the, the two guys that was back there taking my money who was sponsoring this dance were two deacons of the local church. It blew my mind. I'm standing there staring at them trying to process that in my mind. I'm thinking to myself, I know what I'm doing. I know I'm doing wrong. What are they doing here? Why are they selling me this beer? I'm, I, because somewhere in the back of my mind, I knew all of that was wrong for a Christian. And I couldn't process it. And, and I'm handing him the money and he's handing me the beer. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to say, you know, aren't you a deacon in the church? Aren't you a Christian? I know I'm a sinner. The fruit. People see your fruit. Either make your fruit good or make it evil or corrupt. Make the tree good. Make the fruit good. Because people see your results. It shines, it bleeds through like uh, that, that teacher said of, of me. 
when I, on my darkest day, look how he's glowing. That, that, that thing moved me so much. And anytime someone asks me this question, and you may have had this question asked you, are you a Christian? You ever had that, uh, someone just walk up to you and ask you, are you a Christian? That's because your light's shining. They see something in you that's different. Your fruit, your tree is good. I had that happen to me, and, and, and when I first got saved, there was this, this sensitivity in me where, where I could see people. I didn't know, you know, Pentecostals or apostolic, but when I got around one, I knew that they were. I could feel and I could see the glow that was in their life, that they were children of God. And so when this experience would happen to me and people would say, are you a Christian? And just recently I was uh, washing my car uh, last weekend at a car wash and this guy was there because Brother Johnson wasn't there at that particular time. So I thought he was another person that was filling in for him. And I asked him, you know, did he work? And he said, no. And, and we carried on a little conversation and, and, uh, about the vending machine and, and, uh, he was complaining that there was nothing in it. And, and, uh, I said, well, they have other plans for that vending machine. And he said, yeah, but still, I don't see anything going on there. And, and as I walked away and I didn't, you know, say anything negative about, you know, the, uh, establishment. And, and as I walked away, he, he yelled out, he said, are you a preacher? <laughs> I thought, where did I haven't preached in a year? Where did that come from? He said, are you a preacher? I said, I am. He said, oh my goodness. I don't know why I asked you that, but I, <laughs> where do you go? I said, Antioch, the apostolic church. Amen. So at times like that, that, that just sort of makes you feel good that the light is still shining. That the light is still shining. I remember walking into uh, uh, a restaurant and my wife was ahead of me. And a couple was coming out and I noticed that they turned around and looked at her. And then the husband whispered to his wife and said something. And I could only imagine that they were saying, she's a Christian. And then as I began to catch up with my wife and I passed them. And out of the corner of my eye, I noticed them turning around and look at me. The light that we have is shining. Once again, I know we make mistakes. I know that we struggle. But have I made up mine? Have I made up mine? It doesn't matter what comes our way. I'm going to make it. I'm going to heaven. And I'll take anybody with me that wants to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you want to know, you know, what do I think about all of this? If you want to know if I'm, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in it to the end. I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. James, uh. 15 and 4 says, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot abide, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abides in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide 
in me. When we abide in him, when we abide in his word, make up our mind, this is what I believe. I believe the Bible. I believe the word of God. I'm going to apply it to my life. I'm going to live according to the word of God. I'm going to let the word of God lead me and guide me. And when you do that, when you decide that you're going to let the word of God lead you and guide you, then God produce the fruit that is in you. God produces the fruit. People will begin to see your good works, your conversation, your action, how you respond in a situation that for them it may be a violent way of, or, or a anger you know, issue where with you, you calm the situation down. The children of God are supposed to be peacemakers. Hallelujah. We're supposed to bring peace to the atmosphere that we're living in. Hallelujah, Jesus. And when we allow the word of God to work in us, it just become normal for us. Normal. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. We need to abide in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to allow the word of God to work in us and continually work in us. Even when we can't see him working, he's still working. Even when we can't feel him working, he's still working. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Amos said, can two walk together except they agree? Can two walk together except they agree? And I walk with God, we, we want to walk with him. Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus, let it be. I want to walk with him. But how can I walk with him if I don't agree with him? How can he walk with me if he don't agree with me? Because I want to do my thing and not his thing. He said, my spirit shall not always strive with man because in that he is flesh. So there's times that God vacate or stand back and let us do our own thing because we're participating in the flesh. But he loves to walk with us. He loves to fellowship with us he said he would never leave us nor forsake us though he may be a ways off and we can't feel him he hasn't abandoned us how can two walk together except that they agree and i'm closing hallelujah jesus don't let the struggles difficulties of your life define who you are. Don't let the trials and the tests that you go through, the things that seem to pull you down, don't let those things define who you are. But let a made-up mind define who you are. 
Knowing that God, no matter what you allow come my way, I know that you're there. I know that you're going to see me through it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Not my struggles, not my trials. Once again, if you see me and it looks like I'm not going to make it, just pray for me because I'm going to make it. And I pray that when I look at you, I can trust that you have a made up mind. There's times I look around and I ask, where's so-and-so? And a lot of times I hear, well, they're, they're in Baltimore or they're in they're West. And I go, Phew, thank you, Jesus. Because I thought they had a made-up mind. But the sad part is, is when no one knows where they're at. We've got to have a made-up mind. We've got to have a made-up mind. Drag yourself in here, <laughs> even when you're going through your, your roughest time. Plop down on the seat. Somebody will either stretch their hand towards you, and when all of this is over with COVID, somebody's going to pull up beside you and wrap an arm around you and begin to pray for you and minister to you. Hallelujah. That's the way of the church. Hallelujah, because we have a made-up mind. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. My mind is fixed. My heart is fixed. Jesus' name. There's a song, all I know is the, the words that... It goes, you've stolen my heart. Somewhere back in the 70s, God stole my heart. He stole my heart. No matter what I go through, I can trust God. I believe his word. And I know that he's going to see me through. And God's no respect of person. He's going to see you through. Hallelujah. Praise God. 